Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Ginjo is there, and he's thinking to himself that he doesn't think he ever asked how Giriko died. <laughs> that is so sad. It's like they've just been hanging out this whole time, and finally he's like, I don't think I ever asked how he died. <laughs> Welcome back to Bleach Boys. We're doing Can't Fear Your Word Volume 2 for the first time ever. We're to check, well, first time for us too. Pythes has read it already. He's the lore master here. But look at this thing. It is fucking thick. Intimidating. So we're going to do word. all the way through Chapter 9. It's got a nice little cliffhanger ends on it. It sets up a lot of stuff. And then come next episode, we will go through the rest of the book. It is a thick boy here. This is probably the biggest of all three. So if you're following along, read up to chapter nine, and then we'll go from there. There is an interlude as well, and then we'll move on. So lots of good shit. What did you think of the book? Dude, I like it. I mean, not just because it's very heavily focusing on one of my favorite uh-huh. characters. Yep, that is true. You know. That is true. Uh-huh. Uh, but I just, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a payoff from last one. So we got a lot of setup, and it's still very much what you said where you like the ends of like series episodes where the wrapping up it still feels that way but at the same time also brand new to me so i'm i'm kind of giddy about it this all. one felt like from the uh little under half of the book that we read it was all one giant fight i was like geez i'm almost like hopping back and forth a million times over and over again i told you <laughs> Dude, you, you were so right i I, I don't know. I, I'm just enjoying it all the way through right now. It's just like I could sur- surmise this book where it's like you're watching a fight. This character appears. Cut back. So, like, whatever happened to that character? And then that, it's like two other people talking about that constantly. I'm like, dude, this is crazy. You know what it reminds me of a little bit? Uh, Brotherhood. How, like, the whole last chunk of it, the last, like, ten episodes is all one day. Yeah, it was wild. It was just nonstop bullshit. So, in a loving way, of course. Of course. Uh, I'm going to say something controversial. I think the first half of this book is not very good. Mm. Whoa. Okay, okay. Not because it's bad, but just because I like the back half so much, I kind of don't care about what happens before then. Damn, okay, okay. But when you read it the first time, did you feel this way as well? I fucking loved it. But now that I know what's coming, I'm like... Fuck, fuck this chapter. Get to the next one. Get to the next one. So good. Interesting. <laughs> well, let's hop into it then with the interlude. This should be really short. Interlude's not very long, of course. It's the interlude. But it's more stuff about basically asking what the Soul King is, which is interesting because they actually use Soul King and not Rayo, like the last one was using. And they state that no one really knows what the Soul King is. Not even the Soul Reapers who call themselves Death Gods. We see a young boy asking, a uh, who is a member of the royal family, asking the same question, basically, who is this soul king and he's informed that it's the linchpin that holds the three worlds together without him the worlds would all crumble he naturally asked the next question anybody would ask is well what it was like before the soul king was even a thing to which he was very quickly hushed told not to ask such a question and it didn't exist prior to the soul king we cut forward now we see that young boy is that bitch tokinata as he is in the suniyashiro library and has just finished cracking a cipher and the cipher translates to, we record the crimes of our ancestors here. Tokenata smiles and laughs, and he destroys the stone. And it states that this is perfect, as it now gives him meaning to his life. And he says, had it not been for this, he would probably have followed the noble path, living his life for hubris, and doing the classic noble evil things. But now, 
He has a goal to satisfy, satisfy his desires to the maximum extent possible and a playground to set his evil free. And his goal is just to be basically as evil as a bitch as possible. And he's like, yeah, this is great. 10 out of 10. Yeah, dude, that's the I, I literally shortened it for the intro and saying intro confirms Toki. That bitch, Tokinata, is a legit bitch. Yep. Uh, so I also wrote that down. And for anyone keeping count, we are up to fuck that bitch Tokinata number five. <laughs> yeah. Continuing on from last yeah. week. This interlude is basically him going to the library. He's like, this is great because now I can be a dickhead for no reason. This is great. Dude, seriously. I was like, God damn, you're such a dick. Like mm-hmm. he was going to be a dick anyway. But now he's like, oh, great. Validation. That's all I needed. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then we cut to the Karakura town after this, and we see Urhar and Shuhei. They're in deep negotiation for an electric guitar. I thought that was and hilarious. A guitar that Urhar states is from the legendary Galmuna Ecstasy, which I googled is not anybody. Not, yeah. It's not. A, it doesn't exist. I also googled that. Same. Yeah. <laughs> Urhar is telling Shuhei how this is a genuine one of one replica of the original, and so in some ways it's even better because each person that has made a replica of this guitar has made an improvement to the original and put their soul into each iteration. He says also it can be used as a sheath for Zanpakuto. And he's willing to sell it for a low price of three months of his salary. Jesus. Mm-hmm. And Shuhei is like, in deep thought, maybe, yo, that sounds pretty good with a sheath for the thing. And finally he goes, will you also issue me a loan if I do it? And he's like, <laughs> yeah, all right. And then we see Ururu and Genta kind of watching through the crack in the door. And they comment, man, that guy is getting ripped off again. And he's yeah. like, yeah, he's such a good customer. And <laughs> I love how Ururu says that's that. That's the interlude right there. It's a setup of both of our kind of our key players here. of uh, Shuhei, Hisagi, and then Tokinata. And my notes, all I have is, God damn, Urahara knows a sucker when he sees one. Yep. And Shuhei is a fucking sucker. Oh, he definitely is. My my one note I wrote for that was just get grifted, loser. <laughs> <laughs> so good. The interludes so far have been pretty interesting. I now I will say, having watched Thousand Your Blood War and it still being fresh, I did kind of roll my eyes a little bit, but I understand why it was in the novel when they kicked off like what is the Soul King? I'm like, how many times are we gonna have the discussion? But I, I, it gets it gets there. It makes sense. It sets off a little bit of token on a backstory mm-hmm. where it shows that, you know, he was kind of always like interested in this answer. And everybody was like, yeah, fuck off, loser. No, not fuck off. Shut up. Don't ask questions. Yep. Yep. True. So it was interesting. It, it, two different sides. And also, I like that you see token like kind of happy. He could be evil. And Shuhei is trying to buy a guitar. It's like there's the two <laughs> different worlds that we're living in here. The flip of a coin. Mm-hmm. And if you were wondering last volume why they were like, hey, Shuhei, can't you at least afford to eat? Out at these fancy restaurants, you have an assistant captain. He's like, fucking all my money goes to Kiske. He knows it. He's just like, well, I'm going to be broke for the next three months. He's busy getting scammed. Don't forget, he has to pay for upkeep on his motorcycle and gas and batteries oh, for the amp. Oh, that's right. For his, for his other electric guitar. He's never getting out of debt. It's the American dream. Our boy might be American. Holy mm-hmm. shit. <laughs> Shuhei American confirmed. All right. We ready for chapter six? Yeah, yeah. Let's just jump into now, it. Now, the chapters, this is the first chapter of volume two, but it is chapter six because the last volume ended on five. All right. So we kick off with Shuhei. He's still in Karakura Town, and he is reading an introduction that he has written for Urahara about him and Karakura Town describing the Urahara Shoten, the Urahara shop, as a hidden gem only a few candy collectors know. And to those who know about Hollows and Spirits, the place serves as a safe haven to run to in case of trouble. 
He mentions that Karakura Town is the same place where Ishin Shiba met a human woman who would give birth to the man who changed the soul society. And Huruhara immediately calls him out on the fact that he is, uh, one, surprised he read that all to him with a straight face because mm-hmm. he really gassed up Uruhara shop, gassed up Karakura Town. And Uruhara also mentions that it's interesting that you called it a human woman when she is clearly a Quincy. And Hisagi at this point, which I did like this a lot, he, as a journalist, he obviously wants to protect Ichigo and all that stuff as well. And he thinks to himself that even though the war is over, a lot of uh, the noble houses and people in the soul society, uh, being related to a Quincy is still a bit touchy. So he, even though he's sure Ichigo wouldn't mind having that out there, he doesn't want to put that out there and basically like slander this hero who saved everybody as a Quincy himself. I thought that was super cool. Very mm-hmm. much a journalistic thing to yeah. do. And he even mentions even though there are Quincy supporters like the Ishin family, yep. you know, uh, not the Ishin, the Uryu family. Ishida. There you go. Thank you. The Ishida family. And uh, he's like still too touchy. Still don't want to put that out there. I'm like, interesting. It, not it, shows, the bear. it shows we're getting a lot into the political side of Soul Society, these whole books. And they're staying with it. And it's really interesting. Urahara then hands Hisagi a bunch of papers saying, don't worry. I have the answers to everything you want to know right here. And it turns out to just be a recipe for one of their most famous candies, the hollow, hollow, hollow. And it's just like requires a bajillion pounds of sugar and half fucking salt or something like that. And Hisagi is just like, yeah, this is not it, but I'm going to keep it just in case because I can might write an article on this later. And Hisagi is continuing to ask questions, try to get information out of Urahara. But, you know, he's a wily mofucker and he's not answering anything. Eventually, Hisagi notes that had it not been for the pill that Urahara made during the war and it not been uh, for them being able to get to the Soul Palace, which he also contributed to, the war could have been lost had it not been for him. And Uraha replies that he honestly should be the one thanking them for giving him the chance to use one of his preventative measures. And then becomes serious for a moment and says that aside from that, he's not going to comment on anything. He's like, only the facts that you just listed right there? That's the only thing I want to say. And Hisagi gets serious and tries to get him to answer again. But Uraha just deflects it towards Genta, who's still watching through the cracks in the door. And saying, you don't be too serious. Genta might cry and wet the bed again. I thought that yeah. was hilarious. And Genta gets so upset and jumps through yelling and immediately tries to attack Urahara, who is stopped midair by Tessai, who we've not seen in a long time, and pinned to the ground while Ururu uses her hair to begin tickling his feet. I love how Tessai is described as a brawny man yep. the whole time. Yep. So Urahara tells Ururu, like, hey, you know what? Uh, make sure we stock up on 500 kg of bouncy balls. <laughs> and uh, Tessai just carries Genta away while Ururu keeps tickling him. And Isagi comments on Genta and Ururu saying that they're Rei Raku, which is, by the way, the spirit ribbons that mm-hmm. we don't talk about fucking I have ever, that right here. I was like, yep. thank God someone um, mentioned that he again. He says they both have unique ones. They actually bring up spirit ribbons a lot mm-hmm. here. And Urhar turns to Sagi and he's like, so like, what do you think they are then? Like, what? Like if they're so unique, you know? And he says that he, he thinks they might be like temporary souls, but not really because they do like act on orders, but they don't grow or anything like that. And then he thinks of a lion shaped plushie that often appears in soul society. Oh, I wonder who that could be. Yeah. And he says that potentially a mod soul. Um, and we like, Oh, okay. You're sharper than you seem, but that doesn't mean you're right. It's like, the only other thing I think of would be something like Nemo. And R.I.P. Uruhara, my girl. Yeah. Urahara immediately corrects him. And is like, well, don't, you know, don't put that out there into the ether. Cause if you say that Mary will want to use them for experiments. Okay. And he's like, their insides are actually quite different from Nemu. And Mary probably knows that. And is so happy imagining my bitter face from him surpassing me. And then he goes, but I've never been bitter in front of Mary. So how could he know? You know, like, <laughs> and that's the end of that little conversation there, which super good. Most of this book, actually, when we, I think always until uh, all these chapters, it's Hisagi and Urahara talking. 
what, yeah, what, what I was mentioning in the beginning this, right? of the book, where it's like, yeah, they constantly introduce a character and hop over. It's Hasagi and Urahara every time. It's like, oh, so what about that guy? And it's like, oh, the guy that just showed up. What about this girl? Oh, yeah. It's like, here you go. Like, thank you. Love that. I just love how Urahara has preventative measures for so many things. I think they said in that uh, thing, I summarized it, but yeah. that he had like 3,000 preventative measures something or something like that, ready yeah. to go. And he saw, he's like, in reality, he's probably telling the truth where he was happy he got to use one of them. Just one. Yep. Fucking Batman over here. Yeah. I just want to cool. say that you skipped a part where, where Keith Case like, hey, could you describe me as shady instead? Instead yeah. of yeah, I, yeah. I, I like that. And could yeah, you describe any my favorite business? lines that I skip? Tell me, tell me, because I, I tried to sum it up as much as much as possible. I also had a question answered from like I think it was uh, a Bleach Boys podcast from a while ago where I was like, "What are Jinta and Ururu?" Mm-hmm. And literally explained in here. Well, we don't know. Not explained. I, well, not fully explained. Not, not but explained. We get like similar to Nemu. Alluded to a little and bit. I remember Pythes going, "Hit me with the line, Pythes." Hey, hey, maybe we'll find out and can't figure your own world. <laughs> yep. <laughs> now, like I, have a, I have a legit question. The, okay. I guess a legit follow-up question. Is it answered in these novels what they are? They basically already did. They're kind of mod souls that he made that are like Nemu, but not really. Okay, that's what I figured. That's okay, as close it. as you're going to get. Okay, interesting. So you did find out. Okay, okay all right. Cool. So – Next, we move to the Soul Society R&D department, you know, Speak of the Devil, and we have the classic anime moment where Mary feels like something is bothering him, and he's like, ah, it must be the ramblings of a jealous scientist somewhere, and Akon is talking to Mary and sees Mary's looking at a screen of, uh, like, high-def satellite images that is, he says is more precise than anything the real world has, and Akon comments on how precise it is and asks why would he go through all the trouble of building his own if he could just upgrade the visual department system. Here we learn about the visual department. I didn't know it was a separate thing, mm-hmm. and now they run hand in hand with the R&D department and are responsible for the built-in images that we've seen many times in the anime where they're watching stuff and uh, one of the turning points that established that department as like legit and basically running hand in hand was when Hyosu actually spotted Rukia in the real world as one of her gi guys and that's what got her caught Mayuri comments that he is going to be phasing the visual department out of the R&D department. And Akon immediately says if that had anything to do with the Noble House's interfering with the surveillance, which is what happened last novel mm-hmm. when they snowed the spiritual pressure they told them, nah, don't, don't look at that. Don't look at that. And says, I'm sure the visual department is having a bad time with the four Noble Houses as well. Mary's like, have you not noticed? They're in on it. The decorative aristocrats take turns running the visual department, but it was established and is managed by the four Noble Houses. Mary says the Sunni Ashiro clans are the ones managing the past themselves. And before the creation of the Underground Assembly Hall's Great Archive, Central 46's Great Archive, the Sunni Ashiro's were the centuries recording all history. Mary looks to the screen where we're now looking at the Rukong guy and says, I found my targets. I'm going out to the experiment myself. And Akon asks one final question as he's on his way out and asks, why are we separating from the visual department? Mary says the man who has the slacker job of managing the visual department killed all the leaders of the Sunni Ashiro family and became the head of that family. I've just determined that man will hinder my research which tokinata if we yeah, can spell it out that for, bitch you know that he's bitch. been chilling relaxing having a cush job this whole time and he officially murdered everybody made his way he to the top like a so mall cop just Mary's looking like, at fuck everything. that guy I'm, I'm no way <laughs> so if you ever wonder how does tokinata know this or that it's because that's his job 
All yep. he does is just sit there and watch everybody. What a pervert. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it, it's true, though. And it's like, you do see later, he's got his own little system, system set up later Dude, in the it's book. It's insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's the fucking CIA. Planning coups and shit. He is the CIA. <laughs> so now, we head over to the Rukongai where we were just watching from the satellite. And, of course, we're greeted by none other than, than Giriko, Genjo, and Tsukushima. And they are uh, just vibing on their way back to Kukaku's when Genjo can sense that they're being watched, just like the feeling of his Soul Reaper badge back in the day. And then an arrow of lightning heads towards them as Genjo sidesteps it and they call out to the attacker but they're unable to see exactly where they are and just then almost as quote it oozed out of the shadows a voice came calling out behind them Genjo turned to see a woman wearing a white western outfit and with signs of experimentations all over she shouts you should all just hurry up and die and then a flash of lightning comes down from the sky towards Genjo and crew very mysterious who that I don't know who it was they do describe that the western outfit may have been shortened and yep you know exposing some skin don't know who this character i don't know who could that is be, who might as, have used lightning powers back in the day i mean i don't i know. was kind of excited as as soon as i got this chapter i just wrote jose is pogging right now <laughs> yeah. i wrote side bay has entered well no main bay is a, a child now so yeah. this well, is true, I, I, I don't, I don't Listen, approve of that. Jose, main bay is allowed up until a certain point in Thousand Year Blood War, and then you need to pivot. And then afterwards, I leave uh, her. Like, if the Hell Arc ever continues, not your main bay anymore, Jose. Oh, but, but the Hell Arc, she could be old by then. Yeah? How many and years I have passed? Like she, the hell? No, I think she'd be about Kazui's age, right? All right, sorry, Jose. Sorry, she, Yeah, so I, yeah she, she, she out. She, she was like a kid in the last chapter. Once, once she blows up, I'm like, right, I'm out of here. Yeah. I go to the next bay. It's like you were only main bay for OG Nemu. This this remake Nemu, not the same. Not the same. Mm-hmm. Not the Is same this vibes, even going to be like you know, the same personality? In my top threes, you know. True. Well, true. That is true. It's just going to be uh, Nemu. I'm just going to say it's my child. <laughs> I'm a single dad now. And uh, what, what's her name? So you've imprinted on the new one. No, God no, that's even no. worse. Ew! <laughs> you basically are Jacob from, Ty- from Twilight. Have you seen the thing? Robert Pattinson's wife is legit pregnant, and he put, "Hey, uh, Taylor Lautner, stay away from my <laughs> my wife." <laughs> no, I haven't. That's great though. You do you do not bring up Twilight on this fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Anyways. over to Karakura Town, where in the Urahara shop again, of course. And Hisagi is just continuing to ask Urahara questions, trying to figure out what the deets are. And he just eventually, the questions, uh, he is trying to figure out what interviewer style works best on someone like Urahara. And he eventually decides to just be honest. And he's like, listen, going forward, half of the question I ask will be for the article. The other half are just for my personal interest. And Asagi says he will have to publish a special article before this one even comes out because he's trying to do two. One's on the Sunni Yashiro family and the new head. And then the one that he's really working on is like the true story of the war. And Urahara asked straight up if the special article will be about the Sunni Yashiro's new head. Hisagi replies, oh, then you know? And says that I'm really trying to figure out what this Soul Reaper kid I saw the other day is. And not kid like Hitsugaya, but kid kid. And Urahara becomes serious after hearing this, and Asagi thinks how he can sense the intent for facts and data coming off mm-hmm. of Urahara. And uh, re- uh, recants basically everything that he's seen so far to Urahara. Everything we've learned in Volume 1, he tells to Urahara. Urahara comments on Sonosuke, saying that he was always incredible with his keto and even respect from Unohana in that fashion. But he was only good with the patients that were directly in front of him. Outside of that, he was, quote, incredibly mean. Like, so <laughs> mean-spirited that him and Unohana got into it multiple times. God already. damn, mm-hmm. he was a dick. 
And he even mentions that because it went so far one way, it's most likely why a kind-hearted one got chosen to be a replacement. They had to put my girl in. Yeah, it's like he Sonosuke blazed the past, and they're like, please, please. Just give us someone who's nice. Mm -hmm. Because he was there 100 years ago. Yeah, yeah. He he was uh, her lieutenant during the turn back the pendulum arc. Oh, so Isane is relatively fresh as a lieutenant, right? Relatively. There is a shot on, like, the Bleach Wiki where, like, yeah, you can just vaguely see him in in part of the anime. Oh, that's cool. That is very cool. After that, Hisagi continues to ask about this kid and how this kid had a mixture of Quincy, Soul Reaper, Hollow, and Human, and he came out of a Garganta. Rohar murmurs, he's like, oh, I see, so that's, like, how far the Sunni Shiro family is willing to go, but Hollow isn't supposed to be a requirement, and then Rohar basically snaps back out of it and asks Hisagi, are you sure this is the first time that you felt something like this? There isn't someone else with all of those traits, and then Hisagi thinks, and he's like, oh, Ichigo. Ichigo's like the yep. same thing. Mike goes off in his head. And Rohar says, actually, there is one other person who is very similar, someone with the essence of a hollow, the power of a soul reaper, and another power all at once. And we learn that it is Genjo. And that is the end of chapter six. So a lot of other banter and stuff that I cut out of there. Um, we get way more of that banter to come up. There's some stuff that relates to Yoruichi actually coming up as well. But so far, so good. Off to a good start. Lots of setup still for the Sunio Shiro family. Lots of setup for the stuff we learned in volume one. Or I guess uh, further setup off of that stuff. So interesting. Really interesting. I like it, though. It was like a lot of just info. Mm -hmm. Info and lore dump, which was, it's always fantastic in Bleach. Because there's just stuff that we didn't even know about before. And, And like, right before Candace starts to attack, sorry, a mysterious woman starts to yeah, please 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 thank you like like Giriko, the guy with the eye patch is just spouting a bunch of useless nonsense and i was like yo he just like me for real for real <laughs> <laughs> pythes is confirmed to Giriko. Yeah. yeah there's a part later on which i felt i'm gonna i'll spoil it because i think we're about to come up on it yeah. but ginjo is there and he's thinking to himself i definitely wrote this down that he doesn't think he ever asked how Giriko died yeah, I, I do remember that. He's I'm like, just huh. like, that is so sad. It's like they've yeah. just been hanging out this whole time, and finally he's like, I don't think I ever asked how he died. <laughs> I did write that down too. And I was so like, funny. Uh, I, I bet he has the most horrific Kimpachi PTSD. <laughs> hey, just yeah. wait. Yeah, he's like, fuck that shit. You guys haven't seen shit yet. <laughs> you, you haven't. All got, right. You haven't gotten to the good part of the book yet. We're we're getting there. I'm telling you, if you are so interested in seeing this mystery fight that's about to happen to the Fullbringers, man, you're in for a treat because that's the rest of the book. God so, damn it! That's the rest I of the half that we're super we're simple, covering. and then holy shit, it's just like boom. Yeah, it's crazy. So, anything I missed on chapter six that you guys want to touch on before we move on? Uh, all I wrote down was uh, getting actual information from Urahara is like getting blood from a stone. <laughs> yeah, yep. he, he is cagey as fuck and they talk about how like when Hisagi's trying to ask him questions and like there's multiple times where it's like Urahara responds knowing what Hisagi's strategy is and like he can tell that something bothered Hisagi and he, he comments on it yeah. and every time Hisagi's like fuck this guy like I cannot get anything out of him I also wrote down that visually like in my head as I was reading it it's like I was watching the anime because that's just how my brain works and I, anytime they talked about him closing the fan, opening the yeah. fan, pressing it to his mm-hmm. lips, away, and doing the little fanning thing that he does, I was 
picturing it perfectly in my head. I thought one of the parts where I could visualize the best, and I thought they nailed all the characters, was with Genta jumping when, when in he was and being choked. And like and I could with totally see that in my mind. I was like, "Yeah, that's great." They like, created that's totally... backstory for being like for her tickling him. Yeah, I was like, yeah. "What the hell?" Yep, great, really good stuff. I could totally the moment I was reading that, like, I could totally see that in the yeah. anime. Just it, and it, it it'd be done in the uh, the style of the anime where it's all kind of mm-hmm. like. It's not a traditional Kubo, but then it's drawn all funny. Yeah. And Cheesecake has his, like, dumb troll face hidden behind the fan. Yep. Like, fucking this guy. It's so good. And then I just, we're, we're, I, I didn't put a number on it, but I just wrote that bitch Toki not as head of the visual department. Fuck my life. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Chapter seven. We're going straight back to the Rakan guy. And uh, if you didn't hear already, that we find out the woman is none other than Candace Catnip. Yay. Wow. And she is referred to as a registered bloodhound of the 12th division now. Hate to see that shit. <laughs> it's better than Bambi being a backpack. Yeah. True. Holy fuck. Poor Bambi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's mentioned here that multiple other Stern Riders were captured and being used as guinea pigs. And now a zombified version said to be being used by Mary and his carrot on a stick method. I love that. Is, uh, and he says that in this case, Candace has been fed a poisonous carrot. And we go back in time here several days ago to the R&D department and we see Candace and Mary when they're having their interaction here. And they're going back and forth over Candace cooperating with him. And she states that he won't go down without a fight. And if he tries anything, she'll take down them and Ichigo at the same time and Mary's like well like that guy left a long time ago so and Mary's like honestly if Ichigo saw the way you were here he's so naive that he would complain until you were free so <laughs> and true. Candace is like fuck it I'm still not gonna help and this is where we see Mary begin to kind of uh, bait her with these little poisonous carrots air quotes uh-huh. and she, he mentions that there's a zombie and a glutton girl that have been sneaking around Weko Mundo. And if she doesn't cooperate, he'll just have to get replacements. And Candace immediately regains a little bit of hope. And Mayuri says, to think they fought me and didn't expect that I put trackers on both of them. Candace asks about Bambi. And Mary says, yes, the bomb girl is still alive, although you know, zombified, of course. And Candace asks if he already has test subjects, why hasn't he just killed the other Stern Raiders already? Why hasn't he just taken them out? Mary says that they formed a pact with the head captain for a unified front against Yuha Baha. And Candace can't believe that they would betray Yuha because she was like gone. The moment the, the Osweilian happened, she was gone. Oh, yeah. She and was knocked out. She does recall the feeling of Yuha attempting to steal her powers and thinks of Lil Toto and immediately thinks, yeah, Lil Toto would probably do that. Like, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. And Mary says, if you cooperate in this upcoming battle, I wouldn't be opposed to returning those who've completed their experiments to your fellow Quincy's, which, as we know, Mary is never going to fucking happen. Fuck not, no. Not a chance in hell. And we cut to present day where it explained that not even Candace believed the words that was coming out of his mouth. And she was hoping to use this chance, uh, use this as a chance to find Minnie, who had also been captured and somehow make contact with Lil Toto and Giselle so they can all get out of there. It's mentioned that seeing Genjo block her first electric arrow brought back memories of Ichigo. And she immediately gets fucking upset and made her so mad that she immediately used her electrocution on the Fullbringers, which they state her powers have been reduced since the Oswalin or the Oshwalin. Uh, but it's still stronger than that of like a standard lightning, which is still pretty fucking good. That's insane. Mm -hmm. And it's mentioned here, which I thought was interesting. I don't know if I'll expand on later that Lil Toto knew of Fullbringers. Like she was one of the only people. And she says that she actually brought them up previously. And she's like, Lil Toto probably know more about these guys. How? Who? Who? Who does she know? She's She's just that fucking smart, dude. Yeah, she honestly... Lil Toto is referred to multiple times, and it just goes to show she is like the fucking smartest person. Mm-hmm. They're constantly like, "Yeah, most people are like unrouting, whatever," but they knew Lil Toto had their back. It was like, "Damn!" Yeah. Like, all right, that's cool. 
these books do so much to elevate her as like one of the goats somehow she was in like four chapters of the blood war maybe five and they're like yeah no we're gonna give this one all the screen time <laughs> yeah they're like and she's just the best person and she's so cool she's the smartest like, yeah it's like all right cool chill chill so we see Mayuri, who is watching them from afar, and says that Candace must have understood the mission as he told her to capture the bodies, and she's trying to incinerate them to dust. And just then a voice speaks out behind Mayuri, saying that he told her that girl is too brash for this. And Mayuri immediately presses the button, shocking multiple people who we see are, of course, Charlotte, Lupi, Dordoni, and Sarucci all back again. Mm-hmm. And Dordoni asks, what about the promise for them to meet the Nino? And Mayuri goes, well... One of the guys down there is a deputy soul reaper, just like Ichigo. In fact, Ichigo struck him down with his own blade. And Dardoni says, really? So as he removed his naivety? And he goes, if so, I cannot call him Nino anymore. <laughs> and Mary continues and says that one of them is also the man who struck down Uri Yoshida. And Struchi says there is no way that four eyes would go down so easily. And Mary continues saying they aren't so small fry then, huh? And that's why I brought you guys just in case you have to suppress any rogue zombie quincies and just, you know, have you on deck. Mary looks down as the smoke clears and says, well, if that's just a fraction of the Fullbringer's powers, they've caught my attention. And we go back to Candace to see what happens when the smoke clears. And there's a giant tree. That is all of a sudden popped up from the middle and has protected Genjo and absorbed most of the electricity. The tree, of course, is from Tsukushima. If you've not played Bleach Brave Souls, it's a special move. You see it a billion times. Yep. And it started a, when the battle started, he immediately slashed it, raised it, raised it to this gigantic tree that it is today. And Genjo attacks and launches Getsuka at Candace, who's barely able to survive it. And she recognizes it as Ichigo's attack. And Genjo tells her to make sure to thank Ichigo. She was only able to dodge it because she saw it previously. And while all this is going on, we see that there's another person watching from the shadows. And we see it is none other than Nanana, who is also alive and watching. And he has been told by Miri to just observe. Just observe what's going on. And we find out that uh, his technique, you the underbelly, underbelly, he tried to use the technique on Mayuri. And this is the technique that worked on Aizen, by the way. Oh, he that's tried right. To I use forgot it about on this. Mayuri, but Mayuri just responded and said it's only natural for someone to change their spiritual pressure every second. And so it wouldn't work. And he's, that's how he found himself in this situation. Yep. I'd like to be tried at least. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true. But I feel like all of the Cern Raiders at least gave it a college try to get out of there. And then like, all right, fuck it. Like, well, I yeah. guess we're stuck. So we like, might as well get down. It's Mayuri. You can't really. But you try. You give it a shot. Yeah. So now we go back to Karakura Town because, of course, we're fighting. So we need some narration from Urahara and Hisagi. And Urahara is continuing to explain the Fullbringer's powers to Hisagi. And this is – I cut all this out. This is all stuff that we already know. Okay? I'll give you a short version. Um, basically, they're – their mothers are attacked by hollow while they're still in the womb and they survive and then those hollow powers basically come out of them and Urahar pulls down a whiteboard that already has a whole bunch of things written on it about creating the ultimate demonic soul reaper yeah I I was like what the Mm -hmm. hell is that so Hasagi asks he's like what what is that like what did I just see and he erases it because Urahar was embarrassed I didn't have a cool name yet like Karakura Riser (laughs) and so Hisagi is like immediately looking at he's like does that have anything to do with like what happened with Yodoichi and he thinks back to after the thousand year blood war he said that Yodoichi she was running around Soul Society asking if anybody saw her battle. And anybody who was foolish enough to say yes, she pummeled them until their memory was gone. It's, Which is Thunder God Yodoichi. Yes. Know, we, we know how, oh, you know, my God. Goes. I yeah. wish I would have been there. Dude, I was cracking the fuck up when I read that. So <laughs> funny. So Yodoichi was able to remember everything she did during that. Yeah. She just wasn't in control. Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. Urahara, continuing on, just not mentioning anything. He says... um. 
that he's actually been aware of Fullbringers for quite some time. And he's like, so don't you think it's odd that if I was aware of him, that someone in the past thousands of years of Soul Reaper history wouldn't have noticed it before me? And he says, except any proof of that has been removed from the archives. Hmm. He, saw, he says, well, it's normally just for Soul Reaper matters. So of course, they're not going to keep them in there. And Uruha's like, well, what about the visual department? Asagi stops and says, then the Fullbringers have a connection with the Suni Yashiro family. And Uruha responds, well, that sounds like a job for a Soul Reaper investigator with a backbone. And he <laughs> says, uh, heaven forbid, the small chance that he's wrong he doesn't want to make a guess you know he yeah. doesn't want to make a, a you know a quick little say and isagi thinks full aware that urahara is probably taking advantage of him here to go and investigate this stuff but then urahara says the info you gave about hikoni is actually a great starting point for him isagi asks if he thinks hollows would be amused to see humans with similar powers as them and urahara thinks of the Arankars that he knows and says well there has been uh it'll have to be case by case but there does seem to be a rise of thoughtful Arankars these days mm-hmm as we go back to the Rukan guy and the giant tree Tsukushima made is now being fucked up and we see it thrown as a uh, mini is here, which is P the power just so we're keeping track power. and she is ready to fight as well. So she's part of the crew. And just then we see the tree is caught by none other than Giriko who is now in his fucking Hulk form. And <laughs> this is where we get the note from Genjo where he's like, man, I don't think I ever asked how he died. Like he sees how strong Giriko is. Like, how did he die? And we, we all know he got one shot by Kenpachi. That's a fucking hate to see it. It's also noted here that Mini P the power was estimated to have enough power to take down Kenpachi by herself. Yeah, when they said that, mm-hmm. she had that much raw strength. Yep, which is a fucking psych, but okay. I just said physical strength, not combat ability. Yeah. <laughs> so Giriko and Mini begin to just trade fucking blows, and Genjo is deflecting arrows from Candace, and Genjo is like, this battle is going to be totally cool, totally chill, and they're basically just going to stall until Tsukushima can find his time to insert himself into one of their paths, and then they will use that to find out what their motive is as well. But just then, Genjo senses a strong presence coming as though ridiculing the fight itself. Mary gets a radio report of a Garganta opening, and Mary immediately is able to tell that this is not the, quote, plaything of the four great noble houses, but a genuine Arankar. And we see a white silhouette bolting through Soul Society to their exact location, and it says he is going so fast that he's basically destroying any boulder or tree that they are fighting with into fucking smithereens, when all of a sudden a blue-haired beast stopped dead center of the fight. And it's Grim Joe. That's my boy. Grim Joe is there. And he says, I came here because I felt the presence of something mixed, but it ended up being neither of them. Grim Joe then turned to Genjo, who he quickly surmised the strongest of the bunch and said, you better tell that kid, Hikoni, that I came to finish what that little brass started. And that's the end of chapter seven. It's kind of interesting to note that they talk about the full bringer powers and, um, they're fucking broken, you know? And it, I feel like anybody would go with the strategy that the full bringers have. We'll stall. Tsukushima, all he's got to do is become his friend and we win. Like, yeah, it's exactly. a fucking game over. Like, we, anybody that has compassion of any kind. But I do like win. when they mentioned um, Byakuya. Yeah. Yeah, that'll it, be it, later. That'll yeah. be later with Byakuya. Um, but yeah, exactly. The the downfall with Byakuya. And love the shit with Urahara. Basically yep. baiting Hisagi to go check into the Sunyashiro family. Um once again, politics stuff that's being brought up where he's like, yeah, no, you think like someone would have noticed a thousand years ago? Yeah, like, I, I, it's been I'm a while not the, the guy who made the original things, you know, and he's like, hmm, okay, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Great point. I, I like a lot of the dialogue between Mayuri and Candace, mm-hmm. especially. I don't know why I thought it was hilarious. He's like, I'm a gentleman among these people. I would never hurt a woman. Yeah. And yep. I'm like, the fuck you would. Yep. And I think at one point he's even like, you know, I just have so much love in my heart that I would be willing to release those people. Yeah. And I'm like, sure. I just picture him with that grin he makes when yep. he's got like the uh the feral look on. Yep. 
such a shithead to the end of time. Just Fucking so hilarious. bad. I love him. Mm-hmm. So I wrote down both of those quotes, so here they are. He says, I'm known as a prominent gentleman around here, so I would hate to rough up a lady. <laughs> he says in his introduction, kicking the shit out of his daughter. Yep. <laughs> then it says, I am someone who is known to have love running in his veins instead of blood. Mm-hmm. And I said, my Yuri believes his own shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's fantastic. And then I also put Charlotte makes it makes uh, the grand return. And I love it. Yeah. 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 And he also mentions in that time where he's having his beef with Candace is like, he's actually finished dissecting the Quincy's all that stuff years ago. Like he, he's not really interested in you guys anymore. Like he's been there, done that. He mm-hmm. said he was kind of interested with like the Stern Ritter and like he referred to them as the pure blooded Quincy's. Yeah. But like you guys lost a lot of those powers now. So he's like, like you guys are kind of like meh now. Yeah. If he had gotten them like pre well, then he'd probably be a little interested still. Oh yeah, he would have been way happier. It's like the basically dissecting, figuring out how like this blood can give them special powers and how it returns back. But he's like, yeah, you guys are already fucking like a bum. We are already wasted. Also, I I like the part where when Urahara is explaining like the full bringers and stuff like mm-hmm. that, he does mention Chad and Orihime. Yeah, and them maybe being a little mm-hmm. bit different. And yep. it, Pythes, correct me if I'm wrong, but he says it's because they were exposed to the Hogyoku. Yeah. Yeah, he says, so because they asked, like, oh, well, like, how did they get their powers? Because I think it's Sasagi. Was like, wasn't it because they were close to Hogyoku? He's like, kind of, like, that's involved. It's just also their origin story was a little bit different, mm-hmm. but same origin of the power, you know? Like, so it's interesting. It's like they were both attacked by hollows, but like way after they were born. But yeah, Hogyoku be like some crazy dumb magic shit. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Orihima's god. Oh True. my god, her powers are so fucking broken. Chad can just take out people in a building. Yeah, okay, well, Chad's a terrorist, so. Yeah, so. <laughs> Who cheats in the world of boxing now. Well, well it's not well, confirmed. Yes, it is. Yeah, no, <laughs> no real human has a chance against Chad, let's be honest. That's true. The man stopped a beam from crushing, I think, who was it, like kids or something? Yeah, and this was before he had powers. Yep. So uh, when Candace is uh, reminiscing on when she was uh, abducted, she says she was taken by a lady named Toru, T-O-R-U-E, and I was like, who the fuck is that? Uh, so she's the lady that uh, captured Cone and brought him to be experimented on in Squad 12, and that's how we get buff Cone. And, ah, and okay. I only noted her because her ability is that her titty extends like a whip and she used it to smack him in the face. <laughs> Wait, her what? what? The fuck? Her titty, it extends like a whip or a tentacle and smacks Cone in the face. <laughs> All Ta- right. If All you, right. If, if you would like to Google that, it's there. They, I trust you. It, yeah. It was in the anime and I wrote, I wrote Charlotte is here. Exclamation mark. And in order to muddle the waters waters further, uh, the book calls Charlotte a she. Oh, Mm. that's right. The book does call her a she. Scandalous. I do like that we get Dordoni's full name. Yeah. Yeah. Dordoni Alessandro del Socasio. That's a weird. That's a really weird way to say Don Panini. (laughs) Yeah, I, I did write that too. I'm like, we got Don Panini's real name. There's there's just there's just some dialogue where like. Saruchi and Dordoni are talking in the background and it just says meanwhile a short distance away Charlotte was posing for mysterious reasons <laughs> I do love yeah. that I, I just picture her going like this and doing all the like classic poses mm-hmm. I, I'm just gonna swap back and forth between he and she for Charlotte he and, her, he and she him her she whatever so, I don't the way it was meant to be done apparently 
I really like that Dordoni comments on Ichigo killing Genjo. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. He's not a boy anymore. Because that was one of the things that he was doing when they originally fought. Is remember Dordoni just wanted Ichigo to use his full power, and mm-hmm. Ichigo kept trying not to use it over and over again. And it wasn't until he used the Hollow Mask where Dordoni was like, "Okay, good." He's like, he's like, you can't be naive like this anymore, kid. You're in Wake of Mundo. And, we, and he was then naive, and he got his shit rocked by Ukiora. Yep, true. Dordoni was right. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> this is a stupid note. I wrote Candace gets cucked by a tree. <laughs> <laughs> Candace's weakness, a tree. A tree. I wrote Karakura Riser is canon. And then just had to make the perfect demonic soul reaper. What the fuck is Urahara cooking? Maybe we'll get in the Hellverse. Or, yeah, Hellark. Oh, yeah. I was looking up. Uh, who another character was and one of the recommended articles was just bounce invasion and i was like oh let's yeah. go let's go and bounce I, invasion you say yes maybe that could be used in some kind of court trial just saying <laughs> <laughs> maybe if only there's the great bounce defense of 2023 <laughs> that'll go down in history i hope someone tells kubo that <laughs> and then i had to look it up because they mentioned that a uh, Giriko grows to uh, five meters, and I'm like, I can't. I only use freedom units, so he's he is now 16 feet tall. <laughs> Jesus, that's okay. what. Damn. Yeah, that that was what the conversion told me. If somebody knows different, comment it. One last thing, it was uh, Nemu mentioned Candice fighting, and now Grimjaw showing up. A uh, Jose eating good, <laughs> and that's the end of the notes for that chapter. All right, chapter eight. We immediately go to Las Noches, and we see Las Noches is uh, has Halibut, has Nell, has Rudebone, has all the favorite people there, and they are all wondering where the fuck Grimjo went, and they're all debating on if he fucked off to the real world or Soul Society, and why we he would do that if he's supposed to be like an animal and basically guard his turf in Huecumundo. And Halibut says that the little kid that invaded also has her worried, more specifically that Zanpak toe that they used. And that's all we get for that short little interaction. We'll come back to them later. We go to Soul Society now, and Shinji feels this tremendous spiritual pressure arrive and recalls feeling this back in Karakura Town. Momo says that she's contacted the R&D department, and they responded to it. That's like, don't fucking worry about it. We're just testing something over there. Mm-hmm. No biggie. And sure. Shinji immediately is like, that is the biggest load of crock that I've ever heard. And he's <laughs> like, I'm going to head over there. And then he tells Momo to go ahead and report this to the head captain. Loopy senses Grimjo and immediately jumps towards the battle zone. He's like, oh, yeah, that motherfucker. And the other Ronker call him out, like, saying, like, don't go. You're going to get a shock. And nothing happens. They're like, oh, what the fuck? Like, me. And they look over to Miri, and he's like, you know what? I, too, am interested why that Aronkar is here and wants to know how the uh, Fullbringers and the Quincy's will react to multiple Aronkar in the mix as well. And he actually invites the rest of them, like, hey, if you guys want to go down there, too. It's, it's like, always an experiment for him. Mm-hmm. He's like, be my guest. And Charlotte is like, uh, no, Grimjo is too crude. No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and Mary thinks Grimjo was last working with Urahara. And he's like, he's not pulling the strings here, is he? And that's when we go back to the Urahara shop, of course. And we find out here that uh, Hisagi is just a straight up racist. And Urahara <laughs> asks if he still has con. He asks if he still has contacts with the Arankar who helped him in the war. And Urahara is like, you know, the Arankars have thoughts and feelings of their own also, my boy. And he's like, whether or not it's a case of uh, their thousands of souls coming together to make one or one strong soul taking over the others that means that there's always a chance for negotiations because there's you know so many different opinions mm-hmm. and souls in there and Urhar senses that Hisagi is still basically thinking about Tozen when he mentions this and tells him that the possibility of saving him or not being the right person for the job is a waste of time as you were there you did what you had to do and just as Hisagi is thinking of what it was 
about Tozen that he wants to uphold and basically how it's Tozen's teachings that he truly values. He sees Urahara suddenly holding his cane Zanpakuto looking out into the distance and he asks Hisagi if he came prepared for Gente Kaijo. Hisagi explains that, you know, he's under Gente Kaijo. We already knew that. He entered the real world and he has under 20% of his power currently. Hisagi attempts to tamp a sense if anybody's outside of the shop, but he can't. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Find anybody so he doesn't know what Urahara is basically reacting to. And Hasagi asks, like, are they surrounding the shop? And Urahara says, no, something is surrounding Karakura Town. And we go to a certain place in the Serite. We see Tokinata, that bitch. That Tokinata. fucking bitch. I was about he, to say. He's watching the battle happen in the Rukangai and calls, a, basically makes a phone call using a candle to Hakone. And he explains that his earlier loss in Wakamundo was all part of his plan. And he failed perfectly is what he says and that he needed the defeat to grow he basically keeps apologizing to Tokunata and is like telling him like I'm so sorry like I'm not gonna fail you this time don't worry about it and um Basically, it's mentioned that Tokunana, every time he speaks to Hakone, he is speaking in a nice, nurturing voice as of, like, talking to the little kid. But he's smiling menacingly the whole time as if he's toying with a little small animal. Like Joker. And it just doesn't come across because it only does voice on the candle. So, like, mm. he has no idea. And uh, we hear another voice chime in on the candle telling Tokunata that if you think you're equal to this brat, you haven't even put a shred of thought to it. We find that the voice is that of the Zanpakuto, Iko Mikodomoe. And Hikone immediately like, pulls it away, apologizes to Lord Tokunata. And Tokunata's like, no, that's fine. Like, all, all good. Don't worry about it. It's all part of growing with the Zanpakuto. And it will take time because your Zanpakuto that you're using is just like the one that I have that's passed down to the Tokunata family. Or Nanao Zanpakuto, the mirror sword that is also passed down. He says the only person that would even wield it aside from you would be Ichigo or perhaps Genjo. And speaking of, there's an Espada over there fighting. Um, He's like... You want to go fuck him up? You want to go over there and like see go what's up? Go redeem yourself. Kid. Yeah. And Hikone is like, oh, yeah. Like, I, w- I won't fail you this time. And Tokunata extinguishes the candle, basically. And he, so Tokunata is not thinking of like how lovely Hikone is and what a nice little boy or person he is. And he's like, this is actually going really well for the Zanpak toe that he's using. And uh, he looks to another monitor and we see it's Karakura Town. And he says, oh, so they're making their move on Karakura Town to seize the Jurechi. And he says that this is the only time they can do that with Ichigo being out of town. Of course. Yeah. And so they, they all, they're all playing around the goat. That's how it goes. We go to the first company barracks here for a quick little exchange. And Kiraku gets a report from Momo. And he tells Okihiba, who is actually the second lieutenant, correctly this time. And he says, like, yo, go relay this information to the squad, too. Survey corpse. Make sure. And if you need to, you're allowed to use my name. Like, use my name to get this shit done. Like, get it going. And he thinks back to Yama. And all the shitty decisions that Yama made throughout the years. But he's thinking about like how Yama must have been shouldering the weight of every decision he made every day. And how Yama was the relay between the real world and the soul society and how much stress and you know pressure that was. And he thinks of how Yama must have felt during executing or ordering the execution of Rukia and ordering how to treat Orihime as a traitor for going mm-hmm. to Wekamundo, et cetera, et cetera. So Kiraku's just kind of like, fuck, what did I get myself into? Like, there's yeah. a lot of fucking pressure. And we go back to the Urahara shop here for the last little bit of chapter eight. 
And Urahara, Urahara is informing Hisagi, like, oh, yeah, did I not mention? Ichigo's gone. And Hisagi's like, what the fuck? And he's like, yeah, you know, his sisters were gone on a trip. Then his dad got word that they were in trouble. So he grabbed Ichigo and they fucked off. And, you know, as a matter of fact, actually his friends went and so did Ruki and Renji. They all left. I like, like how they write all the main characters off. They're like, well, yep. they're all going on a little trip. Yeah. And Urahara's like, I was going to go too, but I just like promised to have an interview with you. And he was, and Hisagi's <laughs> like, oh, is it my fault that this is happening? He's like, I feel so bad. And Urahara's like, nah, I'm just fucking around. Like, I was going to stay anyways. Like, I kind of got the feeling that. It was a little too convenient for yeah, all right? of them to be called off to go do something. And it's then revealed that uh, basically Urhar's walking out to the patio to go see what's going on. And we see the TV turn on and it's the voice of a young boy coming through. Very quickly revealed to be Yukio, who we all know and love is one of the other full bringers. And Urhar is like, uh, or Yukio's like, I'm sure you knew it was me already by the yeah. confinement. You know? And Urhar's like, oh, yeah, like any other compliments you want to throw my way? Like, uh, of course I knew it was you. <laughs> and Yukio is like, Annoyed at Urahara at this point, and Urahara's like, "Why don't you just tell me like what the reason is? Just save us all a bunch of time." And you can just goes, "I have my reasons," and that's it. That's the end of chapter eight right there. So he says that the way that Urahara should know it was him by was by the way Karkar Town was being basically sealed off from yeah, the rest of the world, surrounded. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I liked a lot of like the interactions that just happened early on, especially mm-hmm. with like uh, Hallible and Nell talking about. God damn it, Grimjol's gone. Yeah. Where the fuck is this guy? And I like they're like comparing him to like a fucking watchdog. They're like, dude, doesn't he? Isn't he like a panther? Does he have like animal instincts? Is he supposed to like stay on his turf? Like, where's he going? Yeah, like, what the hell, man? Mm. You're supposed to protect. Yep. It's like really interesting stuff to basically see how these other characters. It further insinuates that relationship between Nell and Grimjol, where it's like Nell constantly has to go retrieve Grimjol and has to go do this. And She's his handler. Yeah, basically. And I like Shinji is getting slowly introduced into the story where we saw him at the very tail end of volume one. And mm-hmm. he's getting a little bit more proactive. He's getting in there. He's, he has a little bit more moments later. And of course, the Hasagi and Urahara interaction are just continuing through the whole fucking book. Just the whole book. It's just so good. Yeah, it's just like, how would you know? You basically need to take one character who is literally a journalist just trying to figure out what's going on, who's going to ask all of the fucking questions, and then Urhar, who has all of the fucking answers for anything you could ever imagine. It's like you can't ask for a better lore dump. He won't give you a straight answer, though. (laughs) Yeah, true, 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 true. I love that aside from Shinji, everybody since Grimjow, and they were like, yeah, that's a a squad 12 experiment, and everybody's just just like, yeah, it seems like Disregards it. Yeah, they were like, yeah, that's something my Yuri would do. Not even going to question mm-hmm. it. Let's just ignore it and go drink tea. And also to note that it's literally in the Rukon guy. They're just like, yeah, fuck it. We're going to have our experiment out, out here. Boonies. Don't mind that. This is just normal. Fuck the poor people. <laughs> they have they have a little conversation where Shuhei mentions he wants to protect Tosin's teachings. He doesn't mm-hmm. regret yep. killing Tosin, but Tosin had been a teacher and a guide for him. And he's worried that should he change that he and Tosin's uh, teachings might be changed, and he's worried about that. And then I wrote, fuck that bitch, Tokinata number six. <laughs> what deserved the number six? Oh, this is when he was talking to Hikone, and they're like, he's fucking with an animal. Yeah. 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 I hate I hate Tokinata so much. And we get an interaction coming up in the next chapter where I just was, like, getting the interaction with Hikone, and I was like, he's so lovable. I like, know. He's just a kid. Just a kid. Just like, just hey, what's up? I'm going over here. I'm like, just happy, happy to be here. Optimistic about everything. Like, like, He should be in sneakers in a cul-de-sac trying to get jawbreakers and shit, but instead he's like, I gotta go become a king. Let's fight. Uh, I, I love the, the description of Shunsui's like, the fucking weight of being, of being in the position that Yama was in. This shit's fucking rough, dude. 
he did mention at one point that uh, to be fair, Yama was too serious, and I'm yeah. like, that yeah. is true. Yeah, that is one hundred percent. That is way true. true. Cause like you know, a, a lot of the decisions, he's like, what did he? How did he feel about this? He even asked, how did he feel when he had to draw his Amato on us, like me and Ukatake? Oh, that's and, right. Um, it's like, yeah, every decision he made was shitty. Like, I'm sorry, that just further reiterates for me. Yama made the shittiest decisions ever. Yeah, in yeah, I wrote in the book. It just says, uh, old man Yama was way too serious. After all, he might have been prepared every day of his life for what was to come. Beneath what had seemed to be callous decisions, there had likely been hundreds of thousands of other choices. Chiroku, Chiroku had come to, to represent the very thing those choices had protected. He smiled painfully as his reverence for his mentor continued to grow even deeper. I don't know why. He chose the shittiest option every time. So, <laughs> so he could. So he knows what to do better, or like what's what's the better choice? He he saw the uh, he saw what. Yama did, and he's like, I can do that better. Yeah, this is why presidents are only on two terms. Look how shitty the decisions got from Yama. (laughs) How long was uh, Yama in power? A thousand years. Right? Yeah. Almost exactly a thousand years. Yeah. Think about all the fucked up political corruption that's going on. Think about Mayuri doing Dr. Mengele-esque shit, and he's just letting it happen. And then I wrote... Ichigo being out of town is a fantastic reason as to why he can't just solve the problem. Yeah. Yep. It's true. If, and they mentioned that because he's out of town with his family, he doesn't have any like soul reaper gear to come back. Cause it's like, how long is it going to take him to come back? It could be like three days. Like yeah. for him to come back. And I wrote down, I like to imagine he's just off having a filler arc. It's another beach episode. It, you know what? It is another beach episode. Where's Rongiku? Where's be They're They're off at the beach. True. Mm-hmm. Ichigo gets his vacation finally, and that's the that's the end of those notes. There's some shit I can't wait to talk about next chapter. All right, hey, let's chapter get into it. nine. This is the last chapter we're gonna be covering for this episode, boys. Thank you guys for hanging out. We go to the Rukongai immediately. And Grimjo wastes no time and attacks Genjo and Tsukushima. Tsukushima actually manages to nick Grimjo in this initial interaction, and he answers him into his past. And Grimjo, just like Byakya, still attacks. And Tsukushima is like Hmm, okay. And he mentions that unlike Byakya, this seems to be off of pure animal instincts overriding it. As someone who wants to murder him already will continue to want to murder him yeah. in this past. And Genjo launches a Getsuka at Grimjo, and he too manages to barely dodge it. And he's like, are you from the same tribe as Ichigo? I do like and that phrase. Genjo is like, fuck, dog. It's either a small world or Ichigo gets the fuck around. Like, what's happening? <laughs> And Candy and Minnie are watching this fight, and they're like, man, what would little Toto do here? Like, what, I do what, what like little that Toto a lot. do in this fight? And the two surmise that basically Tsukushima must have an ability like Pepe. And wonder if Mayuri knew that before sending them in. And Lupi suddenly appears behind them and is like, guys, listen, nobody fuck with the Panther except for me. Like, I'm going to take down Grimjo. And he immediately unleashes his resurrection and goes strangle Trepidora. And Grimjo senses another Hollow's power and wonders if somebody had followed him from Wekomundo. He tries to recall, but as he his mantra is survival of the fittest, he does not remember those spiritual pressures of those who he has defeated. And on instinct alone, Grimjo jumps away from Grimjo and launches a Sarah with all of his strength up at it. And it's mentioned here that even though Animal Instinct would tell him not to show his like weak side to the enemy, which is mm-hmm. Genjo and Tsukushima, he was like so caught back by whatever was happening up there, like he just did it. He's like overrode. Yeah, he it. turned his back. Mm-hmm. And he says, just then, a power that probably shares the same roots as Acero shoots down, but it was strong enough to warp the existence of the space itself. It cuts through. Grimjo had managed to sway out of the way, and then he recognized the spiritual pressure as none other than Loopy. And it said that Grimjo looked both exasperated 
frustrated and annoyed. I love that. that I could just see his face being like, oh. Yeah, and Genjo asked Tsukushima how Tsukushima was able to dodge it so quickly. And he's like, well, now that I answer myself into Grim just passed, like I know a lot about the Arankar and the Espada. And he says that what we just witnessed was a Grand Ray Sero coming from up above. And Grimjo launched a regular Sero at Lupi. And now they're fighting again. Grimjo launched another Sero at him. And Lupi just smacks away. He's like, that's a weak Sero. Like, what the fuck are you doing? And But Grimjo used the cover of the Sero to Sonido away. And Lupi immediately remembers the dying to Grimjo using a similar like attack that he did. And so Lupi immediately goes into defensive position off of instinct of what happened previously. And then PTSD. he realizes that Grimjo knew he was going to have that PTSD and used it to get close to him and launched another, this time Grimjo launching it, a grand race arrow at Lupi, basically enveloping him whole. And Genjo and the Fullbringers discuss the game plan as this whole thing is going on. Like, should we just leave? Like, should... I love the discussion. We're like, maybe we should back yeah. off, right? It's like, like, good idea. It doesn't seem like they have anybody like getting ready to jump us or anything like that. We could probably just go. But then Genjo senses two more people rapidly heading this way. One is Soul Reaper and one he thinks Ichigo, possibly. And Grimjo, seeing Lupi has actually survived the Grand Race Arrow, which is a blast that would have normally killed him back in the day. He now notices the stitches all over his body and immediately notes that those aren't scars from battle and are probably something that Xyloparo did himself while he was alive. And he mentions that even Urhar himself did something similar to himself. And he's like, oh, okay, interesting. He, he remembers things. Yeah. And Lupi is like saying how happy he is that Grimjo is still his same old self because now it makes him feel as though he's been reborn. And now we move over to a certain place in the Soul Society and we see Shenji. He is on his way to where the clusterfuck is happening and he senses this other spiritual pressure also coming. He is on the way there and I thought this was interesting. I wrote this down very specifically. He is thinking of his previous battle with Grimjo, and he says that he will probably be fine if he just puts his hollow mask back on. Thank you. So all I got to say is clearly he could have used it. He could have used it at any point during against the Quincy's. This is directed specifically to Kage. I hope you fucking watch this. <laughs> you bitch. They've told me for years. Oh, they banned it in the Soul Society. They banned it in the Soul Society. And here's Shinji, first sign of Grimjo in the Soul Society. I'll just rip, rip on the hollow mask. Don't worry about it. This is just be like good old times. I'm going to come to Kage's defense. It was widely spread on forums that Yama had banned the hollow mask, but it, it was never said anywhere canon, and people just took that as word of God. Well, I mean, Yama's gone, so... Yeah, I and, guess, and Shinji, yeah. first sign. He said it over there. I'm just going to whip on the hollow mask. I should be able to take these guys off, no Here, problem. Toss it on, play the old-school music with the super cool uh, intro. The, the yep. jazz. With the jazz, yeah. The best entrance. Bastards. As Shinji's doing this on his way there, he senses that other spiritual pressure, and then he turns around to run into Hikone, who is on his way to the battle as well, and he talks to Hikone, and he's like, hey, like, so, like, what's up? Like, who are you? Like, what's your name? And Hikone is just, like, answering each one, just like, hey, I'm Hikone. So like, casual I'm about battle. it, too. Yeah. And so happy, and each time that he responds, Shinji's like, thinking, what the fuck is this kid saying? Like, what is he saying? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I'm Lord Tokonata's retainer, I'm gonna be King of Wekomundo, then I'm gonna be the Reyo, and each time he answers, Shinji is like, this kid's not normal. Like, like, what is happening here? He goes, like, what have I gotten myself into? He's like, this is clearly the eye of the storm, and this isn't any good to be here. And Shinji asks, like, are you a boy? Are you a girl? And he's like, actually, I don't have any reproductive uh, parts. And he says that Tokunata said I didn't need it because I'm both the beginning and the end. So what's the point? And Shinji notes that he is full-on sprinting and moving at top speed to get to the place he's going. And Hikone just looks like he's out for a jog, just having a good time, just not breaking a sweat or anything like that. And both of them continue going to this location where everything's going down. And Shinji's just like, how the hell am I going to deal with the situation when I get there? Like, this is so yeah. fucked up. I, I love how he says, and I, I think the quote is, how do I always draw the short end yeah. of, the, of the stick? Yeah. 
Shinji's just like, fuck this. Like, this fucking sucks. He fought the first time, like, oh, it's just Grim Joe. I'll go over there. And he's like, what is happening? Who is this kid? And he's even like, you have, like, a Soul Reaper uniform on, but you're not a Soul Reaper. Ah, uh, it's just like, Arb, that Sokanada gave me. You know, Sokanada's retainer. It's like, jeez. I love that, like, the whole conversation is just Shinji getting more and more exasperated by anything Hakone says. Yeah, yeah. but he, he's... I, I think they describe it as he gets a chill on his spine. every The minute he was like, oh, I'm supposed to be the Rayo. Lovely. Yes, we go back to the Rukon guy, and Lupi is thinking of how um, he when he was revived, he had this thirst. And at first he thought the thirst would kind of disappear by him killing Hitsugaya. But then when he had the opportunity to fight Hitsugaya, he was already zombified, so he felt nothing. Then he saw Rangiku, and it's mentioned that he once thought Rangiku had a kicking body. And even though his interest didn't Still change... Does. He felt nothing. She was already zombified as well. He didn't have anything. And he was left thinking day to day, like, what is the meaning of my life? Like, what am, what is there to do if I feel this way? And it wasn't until Grimjo reappeared in front of him that all the thirst disappeared. And instead, he felt dread and hatred for Grimjo and a joy for finding a new thing to destroy. Loopy begins to spin his tentacles around and launches Saros from each tentacle. And it says that he starts to steal Grimjo's technique of using his own blood to strengthen each Saros. And then Grimjo says, grind Pantera, and we cut away from that to Weko Mundo. Here we see Halibo and Nell, and they are on their way to the Soul Society. Halibo is going to go negotiate with them over something, and Nell is to retrieve Grimjo while she's doing that. Halibo thinks that the Soul Reaper kid uh, thinks of the Soul Reaper kid, and comments that the kid may become a bigger problem than even you have not dealt with. Mm-hmm. And Little Toto and Giselle are still watching this as happening, and they're kind of figuring out: Should we go with them? Where are they going? They're in the real world. They go into the Soul uh, Soul Society. Like what's happening? And they decide basically that they're going to wait. They're going to bide their time, and then they'll let loose and find a way to reconnect with Candy and Minnie. The last part of Chapter 9 that we're going to touch on, we go to the first company barracks. We see Kiraku here, and he's headed out to the Gilded Seal Aristocrat Assembly to dig around a bit more. And Kiraku begins to reminisce about Ukutake, and he's saying that Ukutake was always more of a people person than him, and that actually him, Tokunata, and Kiraku all graduated from the same class, and that Tokunata never stood out. He never got scolded by you know, Yama. He never got a good grade. No or that. He was basically like a shadow. And he says that even after the incident, which is you know Tokunata killing his wife, uh, Ukutake still believed that Tokunata would eventually confront the darkness in his heart and turn around. And at this point, he's kind of reminiscing of if that's true, if you know, Ukutake really had that in him. And Okihiba returns and says that something has surrounded Karkura Town. And at this time, Kiraku's like, what the fuck? And he's like, shit's hitting the fan. Yep. And so he's thinking, of course, classic reaction, which if you've known anything of this whole novel, he's like, fuck, Tokunata may have gotten the jump on us. It's yeah. like immediately it's Tokunata's fault, like, which we kind of know it's not, right? Because Tokunata's watching the surveillance cameras, and he's like, oh, they're making a move. Like, so mm-hmm. some other entity making a move here is it is it not tokinata's fault sam no we never blame tokinata he's a sweet angel (laughs) he's just a bystander yeah never does anything wrong he would never do anything wrong ever he was annulled he was never found guilty Mm -hmm. okay so they i I don't know why we're slinging that around was oj guilty no he was not he was not found guilty thank you you. later on he was about something else Tokenon is going to release a book. I didn't do it, but had I done it or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> had I, mean, I murdered my wife and my associate, this is how I would have done it. I hate how good the comparison is. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, we're just going to go with this. Oh, no, wait, this actually works. Hold on. Sam's on to something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, we listen, we, we, Tokunata has not done anything. The only, okay, let me recount what he's done so far. He has won, a bunch of assassins tried to kill him and he, he protected himself. That he uh, hired yeah. himself. Yeah. 
He protected oh, oh, himself. Allegedly, and yeah, sorry. It was only, sadly, after they murdered his family. He mm-hmm, tried mm-hmm. so hard to stop that, and it was only after they murdered his family, and then now he's got to take on the burden of the Sunni Shiro family, the complete burden. Oh, he, poor guy. He's taken in a young kid with no private parts and completely <laughs> raising this kid up, okay? And he gets him health care, make sure he gets healed all the time. He has a fatherly bond with him. He's got his cell phone for He's him, got basically. A pet. Yeah. I mean, no, no, Jose. No, he don't got pet. He don't, he don't got a pet. Ico Mico Domo? No, 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 no. No, no? no okay, no, 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 no pet. No. We don't. That's not in the official bio, biography. You don't know that, pet. That is racist, Jose. How dare you? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Another Hisagi sitting whoa, right whoa, next to whoa. me over here, this fucking guy. So Toki Nada, on the books, has not done anything illegal. That's uh, all I can say. Sam, you've been to you've been to Jose's house, right? Does does he have like yeah, a pointy yeah, yeah. does he have a pointy hood hanging up in a closet somewhere? I did see one actually. Whoa, whoa. To add on to that, I saw an electric guitar. I saw a motorcycle. I, I saw all these things. It's looking real hasagi for this guy over here. Sixty nine is just a cool number, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, free my boy Tokanada is all I gotta say. So he's not done anything. You should get that shirt uh, made yeah. into a shirt. Free, free Tokinata. Tokinata did nothing wrong. All right. <laughs> if, if the sword sheath fits, you must acquit. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Damn. Damn, that's true. That's true. Damn. That's true. That's true. Oh, hold on, it didn't fit, guys. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You so, see. I mean, see, actually, Tokinata's on toe was taken from him. He couldn't. He was protecting himself valiantly. Yeah, and he had to wield the family heirloom sword to protect himself like a, a thing that's passed down from generation to generation which is truly a tragedy as he would tell you uh those ju- they don't tend to like people that they're not uh not grown to he had to fight without magic powers yeah i mean it's it's truly a tragedy and i, I think the people out here that are clowning on a humble man such as tokenata they don't really know him you know and who are we? It's so sad to judge. Him. Are any of us truly a better judge of character than Ukatake himself? What what a great judge of character. Kayan could definitely <laughs> take that all <laughs> I was trying not to laugh, damn it. <laughs> uh. Kayan totally had that fight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He should have won. I mean, he honestly should have won. So uh, Kayan f- fucking fumbled the bag. I don't know what he was doing. The there. reps were not on his side. I mean, listen, if I was the four noble houses, I too would have kicked the Shiba family out after seeing that. Like, they, right? he lost to a rando. Like, sorry, <laughs> Kayan, you're out. No, Rukia, don't get involved. I'm also not going to get involved. Yeah, it was like, I could probably release my spiritual pressure and crush this hollow, but nobody get involved, please. <laughs> You don't understand. I have gift baskets of candy to send to Toshiro later. So anything in chapter nine that I missed that you guys want to discuss on before that's it. Uh, so at one point, Tsukushima just calls Grimjow mid. We love that. That's disrespect. He's going to die. Well, he already did. He's going to die again. He's going to get reborn. Uh, Candice and Manaeus just called Little Toto a strategist. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. At one point, Shinji perfectly described the Sunni Ashiro family. He said, uh, the four great noble houses hold absolute power. Not all of them are open-hearted like Yoroichi or loyal like Byakuya. Among them, the Sunni Ashiro family was like all the negative aspects rolled into one. And I was like, what the fuck? Tosin's backstory is public knowledge. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is true. Yeah. Because like, even Urahara, which I guess not, not surprised that Urahara knew what it was. But, Batman always knows uh, what's uh, up. Uh, almost everybody knows of this backstory. Like, it must be very famous. That's something you think would, like, 
he would only tell to those closest to him or if he's trying to get him to work for him for Aizen. But they're just like, yeah, no, this is what happened. Uh, fuck Tokinata. I mean, who do you think is the is the uh, gossip queen that got that around? So it has to be someone close to Tozen. Tokinata. Yeah, I was going to say Tokinata. <laughs> Tokinata was bragging the other. So, yeah, this fucking poor-ass blind kid came up to me <laughs> the other day. I fucking crushed his throat, that bitch. <laughs> Stomped on him. Yeah. He would. Wait, sorry. No, he wouldn't. Tokinata's innocent. Yes. Correct. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. yeah. Thank Allegedly. You. Correct the record. Yeah. Allegedly. Uh, this was all in his book. <laughs> allegedly yep, yep. though this was allegedly in his book if that had happened he would have done that and crushed mm. his throat yeah well since jose and i read up to chapter 10 i need to make sure that this passage i want to read is not chapter 10 and therefore and nine instead jose did you finish chapter 10 no i got like seven or eight pages into it oh okay i was i was reading it at work when sam sent that i'm like nine it is <laughs> okay well i had to get back to work well, I just checked. It is in chapter nine, but Sam, you did a good job uh, summarizing Loopy's feelings. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, I really like that. I, I kind, I kind of fucking vibe with him more. Yeah, but, it is. It is interesting, but it's still like from an evil point of view. He's yeah, like, it really yeah, is. I didn't have anything I wanted to fuck up, and it's like I start. He starts questioning himself. Like I felt really empty and really sad. <laughs> like. I didn't know what I was going to do with myself. And then Grim Joe appeared. He's like, and then perfect. it was all back to me, baby. My self-confidence it's the came mojo. back. It's the mojo. It came yeah, back. Yeah. Like that, that shit kind of hit hard. Cause I think at one point all of us have felt listless and like we just lose all our motivation. Not me. Can't relate. I'm not really? a bitch. <laughs> okay, fine. I Survival guess that, of the fittest. I guess that's me with all of the mental problems. <laughs> <laughs> OCD sucks. I'm hey, just man, I, I, I know I know a doctor slash scientist who might be able to give you some drugs to help you out with that. Do you think he can take like, OK, so I have this magic sword, right, with like a ghost in it. Do you think he can give that ghost a sex change? Yeah, definitely, <laughs> most definitely, 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 definitely. You know, there are two customers mm -hmm. or maybe one. I mean, listen, get a sex change. And then if you want an electric guitar that also works as a sheath, I got a guy for you. Really? OK, can you give me a mm -hmm, number? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, no problem. He's got a candy shop too. Yeah, exquisite candy. <laughs> now I only trust people who are trusted by the nicest man in the world, Tokinata. Do you think he would recommend them? Yeah, I think so. One hundred. I think so in a heartbeat. I mean, how could how could you not? I mean, the man he does his job so well. He just keeps an eye on everything. Absolutely. <laughs> and <laughs> I, dude, dude, there are some fucking killer notes that I cannot talk about because it's next chapter. Know that his soggy just some shit goes down. It's so fucking funny. Hell yeah. Damn. So okay. it, it's funny, really quick. Um, I remember playing through Camp Fear World in Bleach Brave Souls, and not the best representation. Don't if you want to get the story, don't do it through Bleach Brave Souls. But that being said, I know who shows up to the Urahara shop because of fucking Bleach Brave Souls. And in my mind, that happens so quick. Like, I'm like, oh, that should be boom. We are like halfway through this fucking banger second novel. In my head, I'm like, that's a first noveler. Like, right yeah. there. That's like, boom. Because I remember and I know who shows up and what happens. It's Bleach Brave Souls. Like, it's fucking Bleach Brave Souls. And I'm like, all right. Well, I had no idea there was this much shit that's going on beforehand. Well, we're halfway through book two and we got all of book three. So, like, you have to get halfway through the series to get to that part. Yeah, it's crazy. But 
I too am excited because I, I I know a little bit. It's a little interesting, but I don't know the deets. Like one of the most interesting things come out of Volume Two for me was obviously playing Bleach Brave, so I know of Hikone. Mm-hmm. Totally know Hikone, seen the abilities, know the Zanpakuto. Um, did not know some of the finer points of the Zanpakuto, like it moving itself and things like that. Um, did not know that it could speak. Did not know that was happening. And also, I did not really know the personality of Hikone, and I like Hikone. Yeah, uh, I really like, like Hikone too. How Just could you happy go lucky kid? He's a good boy, kind of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he's a good. I mean, look at him on the cover. Look how innocent he looks. He's just got maybe some blood or something coming off the side of his head, but yep. that's okay. He's got. Yeah. Why does he have a chain? Why did Toki not put a chain on him? <laughs> no, maybe that's just how the sword came. Maybe that's the sword's like sheath. That just that's how it works. Why to, fucking Toki? God damn it, Toki Nada. <laughs> also want to point out like the the poster you get on the inside is just shinji looking cool yeah. is that what that is it's, all, it's also hikone just hanging out vibing yeah it, it's still f- hey so let me tell you really quick the the struggles did you order yourself barnes and noble yes i did did yours have a security tag on the inside dog no oh my lord okay so, yeah so i so for those who maybe are new here i worked at barnes and noble for seven years long time i worked at barnes and noble and let me give you a little bit of a spoiler that maybe will not make you will make you not want to order from Barnes and Noble. When you order from Barnes and Noble, it does not necessarily mean it's going to come from a warehouse. They uh, implemented this new thing now. It was new when I was leaving, like fucking three years ago. Um, if you oh. order online, those orders will actually go to stores, and the stores will pull the books off of the shelves. So obviously, if it was a perfect world, that's not that big of a problem. Mm-hmm. No biggie. But because it's not a perfect world, a lot of times they're pulling like fucking bent ass books off the shelves and stuff like that. And it's up to the bookseller to be like, yeah, that's fine. And in my store, multiple times, the books were real fucked up. And it was like, we're just going to send it just to get it done. And then they can send it back if they don't want it. Part of that is because they these books are in stores, they have security tags. So when I worked there, they were in the middle of phasing. There's two types of security tags. One is uh, they're each little squares. They put them somewhere in the book, totally random. They hide them somewhere. Um, one of them has black markings on the outside. It looks like a barcode almost. Mm-hmm. If you see that one, return your book because that one is meant to rip whatever page it is on. It's not meant to come off. It is meant to full on destroy whatever it is on. And that is because it's like a high theft item. A lot of times those are meant to go on plastic wrap, but obviously it doesn't work because people take the plastic off. So you'll get an asshole that will just slap it on a page somewhere and then you're fucked. Um, They try to make it non-intrusive, but sometimes what they'll do is they'll put on the poster, which is what made me think of this. Oh, that's the worst. Um, Sometimes you'll get a book and the poster will be ripped out because it will be on the shelf already. There's a second security tag, which was the one that was in my book, thank God. Um, it's all white, no markings on the outside. Those are meant to peel off. So oh, you, it's the, so, the little one yeah. that goes on the side, right? Yeah, so you can peel it off. You just get under and it comes right off. And it's meant to not destroy anything. It's meant to be harmless security tag. They try to hide those usually so that way you know they can't find them very easily. But be cautious because, like I said, if you're off Barnes & Noble, which – can't fear in world volume two the whole point of this rant is not being printed right now it's fucking you cannot get it on amazon it's like fucking 30 bucks yeah it's so expensive um the only place that we could find it was barnes and noble and that's because quite literally they're pulling from stores so it's like it's just stores that still had volume two on the shelves they're probably where we both got them from um so it's it's, pretty fast though yeah and, and it's risky because you could get a copy and like it could be missing the poster it could be have a security tag on there so i always try to avoid ordering from barnes and noble 
But in this case, it worked out really well, and it was literally the only place that we could get it at retail price. Then you got to pay fucking shipping, though, so we got fucked anyways. Mine was like 30 bucks. Yeah, I yeah. think mine was yeah around 30 or 24 yep. something. And that's am, like but... with tax and all that shit. I am shocked that, Sam, you worked there for so long. I'm shocked you didn't already have all of them. There was a time where I saw we them had coming in. We literally and I had talked thought... about it multiple times yeah. when I think I had mentioned, I'm like, can't fear your own world. And Sam's like, oh, we have it in the store. Do you want to buy it? And yep. I was like, nah, I'll get it some other time. Yep. Never did it. I should have, but never did it. You really, really should have, man. Yeah, I fucked up. I'm, I'm, I'm going to check the back. How much? Okay, so this would have cost you 20 bucks. Not counting shipping. Uh, seven, 1799 is what ours yeah. is listed for. Yes, my mine, but I always round up. Oh, okay. Yeah, so seventeen ninety nine. Um after shipping and taxes, uh, because you have to pay for shipping on Barnes and Noble because it's a fucking scam, uh thirty dollars. Yep. That's good. Uh, we know part three is on Amazon. Yeah, part three is readily available everywhere. So um part two, not so much. I don't I don't know why that is. Part one is available everywhere also. Mm-hmm. Part two, no. I imagine it's also expensive, not just because out of print, but the anime just ended. People gotta get on that bandwagon. And I wonder if it's this is also not being printed as much because it's bigger than the other ones, where this probably well, costs more for them to print. Is three as big as this one, Pythes? It's a little smaller, a little bit, just a little bit. It's like a like couple chapters smaller. By the way, these are Crazy. these these are beefy chapters in this book. Man. They really yeah. are. So for a while, starting, I was like, we were gonna try. Our goal was to go to chapter ten, and I was like, that's kind of sick. If like this one is like, let's say there's twenty chapters in this book, I was like, those are gonna be some short chapters. Like that's yeah. what I'm about. And then I started reading. I was like, oh, it picks up from chapter six, right? They're gonna be long ass chapters again. It's these feel longer than book than book. They one. feel like I was saying there's they're just really a lot of long, info. and like the fact that so much of it was that fight. I was like, dude. Do you think that fight started at the beginning of this novel? It went all the way through. It was crazy. Yep. Hey, you guys should wait till chapter 11. <laughs> <laughs> then we'll be zooming, baby. In fact, don't read anything. Go to chapter one, chapter 11. Just read the first word. Chapter 11, read the first word. This is mostly what for Jose. Is that one on? There's chapter 10. I love it. Yep. <laughs> That's, just for you, <laughs> That's just for you, Jose. Let's go. The word was destruction, in case yep. anybody wants to know. So. <laughs> Any last bits we want to talk about the novel? Anything we missed? What did you guys think of it as a whole? Well, I guess we're only halfway through. So what did you guys think? Is I like it so far. It's just, I don't know, one big battle. Yeah. I feel like I was kind of thinking the other day that I was thinking, you know, what if they adapted this into an anime is what I was thinking. Like, because people have said for a long time, adapt can't fear your world. Adapt can't fear your world. And I was like, you know, you think about it. The first novel, I don't think had any fights. Had it had none. Anything that was so. on screen was already done by the time we got there. Like Tokenata fighting the assassins, that was done. The, them invading to get the sword, that was done. You know, we didn't see any of that shit. So the whole first novel was nothing. And then this one is all a one fight over and over again. But it cuts away. Like at every point, the fight starts, cuts. Fight starts, cuts. I'm like, man, I wonder if people would lose their mind if they adapted it like exactly how it is. They'd probably uh, do the, give it the same treatment as Thousand Year Blood War. Move some pieces around. Yeah. I just want to point out that is the exact format of like most of uh, the Wicamundo arc. Yeah, you're right. Ichigo is fighting Grimjow. Then we we cut back to Xyloporo. Then we cut back to Orihime. Then we cut back to Ichigo. They could do it. It's a struggle. Yeah, they could do it. How do you think people would do the first volume where it's just literally all like hanging out, having a good time? Honestly, that could just be like an episode or two. Yeah, I like that. It'd be the setup. 
I mean, we had the Quincy's fighting some Iran car. You could, there's some action you could spice in there. They can beef it up a little bit. They could cut back to a lot of that stuff, like the Tokonata bits. They could cut back to that later as like flashbacks and kind of spice them in to give Tokonata some more time and get further. Because I think, you know, Bleach people, they, they need a little bit of action to kick it off and get it going. What if they made this a full length movie instead? There's not enough time. <laughs> um,. I don't know, because that's another thing also where it's like if you think about it in terms of a movie, you know, where would they stop at the end of this fight, I guess? I can't spoil it, but it's so cool. <laughs> I, I will get there soon. I'm so excited. It could be anything. It hey, could Sam, be anything. Maybe, a, maybe a thing happens that'll get you really fucking crazy hype. Okay. Oh. All right. All right. Oh. <sighs> All right. Well, I think that's it then. Um, do we want to touch? I know we, we joked on it a little bit, and if you've been living under a rock – the bounce defense that happened in the fucking trial, dude, that <laughs> shit was so funny. That oh, I thought Twitter was lying. I was like, there's no way. I also thought Twitter was lying. That shit had me. So if you guys missed it in a like legal proceeding, um, a rapper's on trial right now and his defense brought up the bount art. And it was something along the lines of this lady went up and she was like, your honor, this reminds me a lot of a anime called bleach. And in bleach, there are, uh, was the bount art. And she knew the exact episode of started. Yep. started on this episode and it featured, uh, these vampires. And after the, the finale, after the episode ends, we never see these vampires again. They are not relevant to the story. They never return. Uh, we are like that. We are not relevant <laughs> to the story. We we should not be here. I was like, dude, that is so funny. And the memes and stuff that have been coming from it are incredible. Give that woman a raise. Mm-hmm. And I saw so many things. It was like uh, the rapper when his defense attorney brings up the bounce arc. And he's just like, fuck. Like, Did- he's like, wrong arc. Yeah. And I forget. Didn't he get put in jail? Is that the outcome, or is the trial still ongoing? I don't know if I the outcome remember. has been out yet. But I would have loved to have been the prosecution, where it's like, uh, I, I got this, John. Actually, um, if you'd watched the rest of the Bleach anime, you would see that Jin Carter actually returns in a later episode and is very relevant. There's a moment oh. where Ichigo is seeing all of his previous victories and battles that he's had to go to, and each one is kind of teaching him a life lesson. And you see Jen Karia himself appear in that moment as well <laughs> and give him parting words of advice and how he doesn't want to end up like him. And then to add on to that, Your Honor, the mod souls that were introduced in the Bound oh, Arc God, I are about them. all over the canon episodes. So her excuse of not being relevant into the canon episodes is wrong. It's just completely wrong, Your Honor. That rests my case. And then they would bring up, hey, how come your name is Ad Bounce 420? <laughs> uh, I don't think that's relevant to the case, Your Honor. But uh, uh, Hold on, Sam. We got to conduct a, an investigation on you right now. <laughs> Pull up Twitter. Yeah. Uh, it says you streamed BBS. You have to go down really far for that, Your Honor. I don't know who's looking at that because that's, that's way down there. Uh, that's that's the old me. You just uh, he- you just hear. Uh, we're gonna take a recess. I have to watch all of Bleach to understand what's going on. <laughs> yeah. I'll be back. So you guys have me lost. <laughs> they they bang the gavel and they see order in the court and they go, uh, Mr. Sam, why are you sitting on a giant fish? <laughs> well, Your Honor, this is also about reference. If you if you watch the arc, it's pretty good. Why are you wearing a wig and have like? I like red contacts in. Okay, listen. <laughs> it's like I feel like this is starting to be a lot of personal attacks, Your Honor. I just I don't <laughs> understand where these are coming from. But I mean, shame on me for having red contacts with a red jacket. Like it's just a cool. It's look. my look. Yeah. And then you and that lady lock eyes because she clearly doesn't like the bounce, and you just both draw swords. 
Just turns into a bleach battle, and then uh, philosophy gets tossed around. And then, like, yeah. they're, they're sitting in the court, and all they hear is just soul, swords clashing outside, and then they hear bomb, Kai, mustard, gas. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Everyone is just gone. It's the instant win every time, baby, especially indoors. Uh, where, where, oh. uh, Mr. Sam, where is the defense attorney? Um, she, she, uh, she, she went to Soul Society? She went where? <laughs> uh, she went to Soul Society? She actually... Learned the error of her ways, and she said she was going to go rewatch the Mount Arc right now. So mm-hmm. I think she bounced out. She's buying a signed Jin Kari, a trading card right now. <laughs> yeah, so she says she had to leave this instant to go get it. It was, it was pretty important. Which I personally think is disrespectful, but uh, that that was her. That was disrespectful. Uh, Your Honor, would you like a giant fish to sit on? Because <laughs> <laughs> it may not look comfy, but it really is. It's, it's all the all the hype right now. And then uh, the judge is Kari, and he goes, guilty. <laughs> yeah. Hits you with the uh, – Done. Bring in the next witness, and it's uh, – what's his name? The dude with the mohawk. Ha- Koga? Kaga? Koga, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, all right. Yeah, Koga. For, Koga, a, second, I, for a second, I was like, why the fuck are they calling in Kensei? That's yeah. what I thought you were going. I was like, Jose, where are we going? Sorry, sorry. Did he have a Mugurama. mohawk? Did he have a yeah, mohawk? Yeah, Koga had one. Yeah, he had the red one. Uh, no, wait, Co- was it red? I am because I think Koga in present time had a mohawk, but in the olden times he had the ponytail. Oh yeah, you're right. That's we, where I'm getting confused at. Are we all thinking of Basby? No, 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 no. no, no, no. Koga no. had a mohawk. So, so you're saying that Basby stole Koga's look? I mean, listen, we know a lot of people stole the look from the mount straight up. Horia looks like an OC I made at some point. It just feels like it. But I mean, you think of the time that was created. That would have been peak, like. OC bleach that you would fit right in. Stall for time. I have to look up what Koga looks like. I think Jose's doing that. Jose, you look up Koga right now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He does yep. have a mohawk. Yep. Yep. Okay. I was thinking like bald head mohawk. No, he just, he has like hair styled in mohawk. That's a good look. It's better than the reverse mohawk. Okay. So I'm scrolling down on the page and then it just says quick facts, leader Jin Kari, our final villain, Yuha. What yep. the fuck? That's true because as you would know, if you watch the mountain art, Koga actually survives. Koga and Ron Tao both survive and they leave together. And they are going, and they are going to bring Kari back so he can be the one true savior and defeat Yuha. Yep. Facts, 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 all, facts. All thanks to their great friend Omida once they put Shad where he belongs as a Soul King. A Soul King. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not going to let this die. It all comes back it together. Comes back with using the spiral energy. You forgot about that. <sighs> all right, let's call it, boys. That's it. No more. <laughs> no more. We got too far off into the red. Thank you guys. For hanging out and watching Bleach Boys. We will be back. So I think we're going to take another little break. So we'll be back in two weeks mm-hmm. is what I'm going to call for this. That way we'll, we're gonna, we are a little under halfway done with this just so you guys have a visual representation. We'll be back with the rest of this. So it will be a long boy episode when we come back. We'll get that done and we'll get back to you guys then. So we'll be back on Christmas Eve then technically. Wow. A little Christmas present for your stocking straight from Bleach Boys. We'll be back with the rest of Can't Fear Your Own World Volume 2 Christmas Eve. In between then, we will have a little special episode. We already have a good idea that we were supposed to do last week, but uh, just my schedule didn't work out. So we will see you guys then. We hope you guys enjoy. Of course, let us know your thoughts on Can't Fear Your Own Volume 2. Are you reading along? What do you think of it so far? Is Grim Joe should not be in the novel at all? Let us know in the comments down below. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> if you liked it, of course, like and subscribe the video. We will see you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.